Hey guys, welcome to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is 10 Things I Hate About You. According to Google Movies, Kat Stratford is beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens, meaning she doesn't attract many boys. Unfortunately for her younger sister Bianca, house rules say she can't date until Kat has a boyfriend, so strings are pulled to set the dower damsel up for romance. Soon, Kat crosses paths with handsome new arrival Patrick Verona. Will Kat let her guard down enough to fall for the effortlessly charming Patrick? It's streaming on Disney+, and Rotten Tomatoes scores. Critics gave it a 68, and the audience gave it a 69. The first time they've been pretty much on par. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> That's that, that makes sense for this movie. Um, yeah, I... This movie is so close to my heart. It is one of those movies where if anybody ever mentions it, I'm like, yes, that movie's the best thing in the entire world. Um, because I loved it as a kid. And it's also one of those movies where, you know, when you've watched it as a kid... And then maybe also as like an older teenager, maybe in your 20s, and then you haven't seen it in a while. So you're like, oh, God, I'm probably going to hate this movie so much now. That's what I was getting into with this movie when I watched it again. (laughs) Well, it was kind of ripped from my childhood fantasies because Alex Mack was one of my childhood idols. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And David Krumholtz was one of my biggest childhood crushes. (laughs) And Semisonic was one of my best bands, and FNT is one of the best love songs of all time. So it was kind of just like if they stole my journal and were like, let's make this a movie. (laughs) Nice. A specialized movie just for you. Yeah, um, you brought up the music already, so I'm going to go ahead and say this movie has such a good soundtrack. There's so much variety in music. You already mentioned Semisonic, but uh, there's also freaking um, Notorious B.I.G. And then there's what is who sings that song? I, well, there's Push It by salt and Pepper. first of all. We have to mention that, I feel like. Um, there's Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins. There's a bunch of, I think there's a few different uh, Letters to Cleo songs. But I love them. Yeah, I don't even know if I know much of them outside of what I heard in this. I probably know more than I think I do, but... They um, did the songs from Josie and the Pussycats, if you've seen it. I have. I don't remember it. (laughs) I don't remember the song All My Life by Casey and Jojo being in this, but the soundtrack list says it was. And I think my favorite song in the movie, not like my favorite song out of all of these songs, but my favorite song because of how it was used. And it, it actually, they go hand in hand with each other. Bare Naked Ladies One Week is playing in the car with these like three or four girls. And then, and they're like singing along and having a good time. And they're like happy girls. And then uh, Bad Reputation by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts is on uh, Cats radio in her car and she pulls up next to them in her like old like crappy car that she's driving and they look over and then immediately look away because they don't want her to see that she they're looking at her and it was so funny to me because they set her up as a character just with that scene and she didn't even say anything (laughs) it's a great song and it was a great scene Mm -hmm. you didn't mention one of my favorite songs from this movie though 
Cruel to be kind? No, that's Letters to Cleo too. That was, I love that song. Um, what's your favorite? The Weakness in Me by Joan Armitrading. I'm trying to remember when that is. Um, when they're in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, when she when he comes in and is like song. looking at her. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I I vaguely remember it. I didn't know the song outside of this though, so that's why I didn't like click. Uh, it's a great song unfortunately not a song that fit that scene at all because it's about a girl trying to decide between the two people she's dating ah so (laughs) but it's such a pretty song Mm. well i'm gonna have to go listen to it outside of that scene i think because i don't know it that well but there's also i want you to want me which i thought was a good use at the end um talk about jumping around from scene to scene but um yeah it's just a really really good soundtrack and I just love that you can have Notorious B.I.G. on the same soundtrack as like Letters to Cleo I I, I love that they were able to do that yeah now I will say one thing that I love about this movie before we even talk about any of the characters or anything they do is the characterization of the main cast. And by that, I mean the teenagers and not any of the adults. Uh I feel like it's very dramatized, but it also feels like the people writing the script were actually writing for teenagers in high school. And the it was PG, obviously, but the friendships and the frenemies and the romantic relationships all kind of felt realistic to being dialogue from teenagers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you see the teen movies where it just is like, nobody talks like you. Nobody ever talks like you. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job of making it real. The Also, the relationships, well, I think you kind of like mentioned it already, but that's one of my favorite things of it is especially the relationship between the sisters. I loved seeing that. It was so real because... Yeah no matter how much they got at each other, you could tell that they never actually hated each other and they played that off really, really well. They just, it was one of those just like, I'm so tired of you, you're so annoying, you're the reason why I can't do shit. And then like the older sister being super protective while also not wanting to show that she's doing it because she's super protective, you know? Um, It was, it felt really real. Well, the way they bickered with each other felt real. But I also think that their entire family dynamic was interesting. Mm. And in the way that it comes off as, really does, as a recently single dad trying to figure out how to raise two teenage daughters on his own and not knowing how to protect them. Mm. And they came off really well as sisters. But I think it's really funny the way, not funny, just interesting, the way that uh, Bianca and Kat's relationship was. Because for herself, Kat was very much militant. I can do what I want. I'm a woman. I know what I'm doing. And don't you dare fuck with me. Mm. But she was just as willing to subjugate Bianca's will as their dad was. Yeah. In the end. Yep. I think that was kind of... What made me really like it so much, though, because I'm sure I've mentioned this before, I am a younger sibling to an older sister who was very protective of me. She wasn't to the point of Kat where it was just like, (sighs) 
like a bitch about it basically but she was very much I don't give a shit what people think I'm like independent I I'm gonna do what I want to and not worry about anybody else she's always kind of been that way my sister has and I've always been a little bit more Bianca and a little more clueless you know and while she oh my sister always was like yeah you can do whatever the hell you want don't let anybody tell you otherwise she always did want to like give me the advice and tell me not to do certain things and like overprotect me almost and I think that's just an older sister thing um especially when you are closer in age because she is like seeing it happen you know when you're in school with your sister you're in high school together and you're so different from one another but like that love is still there you don't ever actually like hate each other you don't have that horrible relationship um it makes it a little more difficult I think because little sisters never ever want to be babied (laughs) and older sisters can't help it I think but I so. do love that eventually Bianca demanded her agency even from Kat. I felt like yeah. that was something that needed to happen. And I was proud of her when she did that. I thought when I went back and watched this movie, she was going to be the character I hated most. Because A, I hate all of the female characters. And B, because she was such a self-centered brat. Like she was the epitome of princess. And I thought I was going to hate her, but she had such good character growth that I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot. But I, like, was very, very happy with it, watching it again now. Yeah, so was I. And we will talk about it a little more later, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> Where would you like to start talking about I want to talk about Kat a little bit more first, because I my memory of her was not completely accurate I thought she was way more boring or that's how I remembered her like she was just a boring annoying like I'm too good for everybody kind of a person where watching it back now I'm like no she I don't think she was nearly as secure as she played off like play like wanted everybody to think that she was you know she actually did give a shit and she wished for everybody to be like, better and not to, I, like, I don't think she wanted everybody to hate her, you know, and I don't think that she didn't care what everybody thought, and it's this, like, weird thing, oh, also, I thought their mom was dead for some reason, in my memory, I was so sure their mom had died, but she hadn't, she just left, and I don't know why I had that in my memory, incorrectly, but, um, just so much she, worse. yeah, yeah, but she, like, Kat was so affected by that, so much more than Bianca was, and I think that alone is proof that she does give a shit, that she is overly sensitive, and that she isn't just this, like, horrible bitch that everybody makes her out to be, or that she isn't okay with being the horrible bitch. She she does have a problem with that. She doesn't want to be that person, but she's gotten to the point where it's like, well, it's either this or what I used to be, and I'm not going back to that shit. Well, I'll say this much. I think she got to the point that I think every or many teenage girls, including myself, got to where she's in her I'm not like other girls phase mm-hmm. where either you try actively to say, oh, well, I don't like that thing. It's popular or you just have something that is kind of different about you that is not the normal popular thing and you just hold that up like it's entire your entire personality like I'm not like other girls I don't care about prom it's just like I feel like 
sometimes she veered into that I'm just doing it because I don't want to be like other girls and not because it's how I actually feel about anything sort of thing. Yeah. Like, if she was just not caring about prom, she wouldn't be ripping down the flyers. She has to be, I'm not like other girls, so she has to rip them down. Yeah. I think they did a really good job with it, though, especially when they reveal the whole thing with her and uh, Joey from the past. That kind of, like, gives us perspective on why she became so like so much the person who's just like I'm not like other girls I'm I'm different I'm better than them and then yeah. and it also helps us understand why she is constantly getting in Bianca's way basically mm. um, now yeah I want to start at the beginning though with Miss Perky the guidance counselor <laughs> I hate her so much yeah it's funny in a slight way, but it's kind of the same thing that I was saying about uh, Harry from the Evolution Review way back when. Mm. It's not funny to be a pedophile. Pedophilia is not funny. So mm-hmm. don't check out your student's dick. Eyes off his dick. I don't yeah. care if you're writing porn on your laptop. Don't look at the child's dick. <laughs> I mean... He also exposed himself to a member of school staff, which is not good also. Don't expose yourself to people. Oh, no, but he said it was bratwurst. He didn't. (laughs) No, he said it was a bratwurst reference. (laughs) Oh, I thought he, like, had a bratwurst and was pretending it was his penis. Oh, no, I believe the joke was that it was his penis and he was pretending Ah. it was bratwurst. Yeah, and then her reaction is something like, oh, aren't we optimistic or whatever, something like that. After checking out his Uh dick. Yeah, I agree. Don't do that. This movie had three separate references to students either exposing themselves to school staff or school staff (laughs) checking them out. And it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least, to be fair, to, um, I have no idea who he is, the other staff member, I, one of their teachers. Oh, the, the um, teacher. like, coach teacher guy, right? G- gym yes. teacher, yeah. Um, when Kat flashes him, at least he doesn't, like, check her out. He's just standing there like, what the fuck is happening to my life right now? And so at least that was good. It wasn't good yeah. that she, you know, exposed <laughs> no. herself to him, but... <laughs> Yeah, that was also kind of out of character for her. I was really surprised that she did it. Like, I get that you're supposed to be the girl who's like, I like to do things that people don't expect of me, but also you just showed that entire room of people your tits. And especially knowing what we know later about how traumatic of a sexual experience she had, you would think she would not want to do that. Yeah, it was weird. But yes, I agree. Please don't check out students don't check out anybody that's underage it's weird he has millennials at the movie podcast (laughs) pedophilia is wrong okay (laughs) i'm sure that's news to all of you listening i want to take an official stance (laughs) Uh, i liked mr morgan but he was not a good english teacher Mm. i can't imagine i'm sure there are some schools out there that are in worse areas than I grew up in, in which teachers curse all the time 
and yell at people and have bitch fits and throw people out of the room. Um, that has never happened at a school that I worked in. I can't imagine that a school that a person who makes the kind of money that their dad makes would hmm. send their kids to a school where that is the kind of teacher they have. But, <laughs> but, but at the same time, every time he said anything to Joey, I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> well, and it was also 20 years before it's time Mr. Morgan telling Kat to check her privilege yes, about wanting so to bad. read white female books when they yep. wouldn't assign one written by a black man. Yep, yep. It's like nobody can shut her up, but he did. Yep. Yeah, and he raps Shakespeare, and that was my moment where I was just like, if my teachers fucking did that, I might have actually read something by Shakespeare at some point in my life. I mean, what? No, I've read everything by Shakespeare. <laughs> um, English major. Uh-huh. Hey, you know what? Not all English majors have to like Shakespeare. His writing is shit. I'm sorry. It is. Okay, it's probably not all shit. Some people probably like it, but I don't like it. <laughs> um, yeah, but- let's all listen to God, I Hate Shakespeare from Something Rotten. <laughs> what is Something Rotten? Is that, a, is that like it's a an, band? It's a Broadway musical. Oh. Uh, it's basically all about Shakespeare stealing some guy's play and how much he hates Shakespeare but his brother wants to suck Shakespeare's dick oh this is the 10 things I hate about you review by the way (laughs) well no but now I have to go find that and listen to it which means you're gonna have to remind me at some point anyway but yes I agree I love the teacher but also no you can't do that ever in any school I don't think and get away with it I hope anyway but he was hilarious. And I love that he kicks her out when she's just like, no, I'm really looking forward to doing this. I'm, he, she's just like, he's just like, you're annoying me. Get the hell out. And I love that. That was great. It was funny. And I'd rather watch it than an actual good teacher. But I feel like between him and, and Miss Perky, the adults in this movie were not written well. I agree. Except maybe the dad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was... I almost chose him as my favorite character. Definitely second favorite. I loved him so much. Like, he is my memory of this movie. Well, him and all of the teenage boy crushes I had. Um, But he was so good. And I think, like, I don't think necessarily it was realistic. However, it was very much a 90s movie, Dad. And those were always really good for some reason. He was very drunk. But I do think that he was realistic in some ways. I think he was just trying to stumble his way along as well as he could and trying to make things work with his kids that he had no idea how to relate to while Mm -hmm. also working full time and trying to be a dad when he didn't have time to sit there and be one. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing his best and his best just happened to be hilarious most of the time but like he had a good heart and he obviously loved his daughters and was doing his best with them and I mean parents don't always know the best thing to do or the best way to go they just kind of throw shit at the wall and go oh I hope that worked (laughs) yeah I loved the friendship between all three of the main guys but especially between Michael and Cameron Yes. (laughs) They were from the first second, too, where he's just like, oh, thank goodness. I thought they were going to send like a 
like a not theater audio visual geek that's what it is yes oh yeah no not me haha and then the guy is like where do you want me to put these things and he's just like what michael what no and he like walks away from him it was hilarious and it's not like cameron is anything special he's the dweebiest little thing and it's like you think you're better than the audio visual geeks baby (laughs) no (laughs) i love sam so much Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been probably my celebrity crush basically since my crush on JTT ended. Yeah, and David Krumholtz was mine from Adam's Family Values all the way until (laughs) this movie. Um, And yes, that does include when he was an elf with dreadlocks. So... (laughs) Oh, we are such different people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, let's see, that works, because if we were friends at this time, which I don't know, we might have been, um, if we were friends at this time, it would have been great. We would have been like, yay, I can have Cameron, and you can have Michael, and that's how crushes work when you're a teenager and stupid. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, the three of them, the chemistry between the three of them was great. Um, You're talking about the three as in Michael, Cameron, and Patrick, right? Yes. And sometimes when they add a third person into a friendship group that works, it gets odd. It never did. All three of them played off each other very well. They did. Yeah. I love the absolute fear that they have when they're approaching Patrick. And then he like, um, Cameron finally walks up to him and gets um, like a hole drilled into his book. That was wonderful. And I love that Patrick was having such fun with it. Clearly, he didn't like have a problem with these guys. He wasn't actually trying to like hurt them in any way. He was just like, you're scared of me, but you've approached me and I respect that. So I'm going to fuck with you a little bit because like that's his version of friendship, I think. Well, and they even continue to be scared of him for a while as they're doing the setup. Mm. Because after Bianca takes Cameron into Kat's room to figure out about her, Mm. and they say, oh, it might be a problem. I heard Kat likes pretty guys. (laughs) Say I'm not a pretty guy. And they're both (laughs) terrified. And they're just like, no, you're beautiful. You're a gorgeous guy. I swear you're gorgeous. Yeah. He's laughing at them. He is, yeah, because he doesn't give a shit about being pretty. He doesn't want to be pretty. But Cameron's reaction to that is one of my favorite things. He's just like, oh, I just wasn't sure. I just, I didn't know. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, Yeah, they they were, they played off each other really well through the entire thing. Even when, um, after Bianca is mad at, and then we're going to come back to the scene in a second, but Bianca's not Bianca. Sorry. Uh, Kat is mad at Patrick for not kissing her. I think that's what it's after. And then uh, Michael goes to talk to her and then runs over and tells them uh, runs over and then almost gets completely run over by the like track team or whatever, mm-hmm. because that's just who Michael is. Um, and then he comes over and says like basically how she hates him so much. Um, and the like little look like, yeah, thanks. That's really helpful, Michael. And I'm like, yeah, see, this is real friendship. They have built this friendship because they want to bone these girls basically in yeah. like two days or something. And it went from we're terrified of you to not so much anymore. You're not scary. Well, Patrick tended to be scary until he decided he liked you and then he would stop being scary. Yeah. Now, um, I'll say I had a love-hate relationship with Bianca and Cameron's relationship at this point. 
mm-hmm. because from the beginning he's sitting there like oh, she's so beautiful and I'm in love with her I don't know anything about her but I guess I'm in love with her um mm-hmm. and she completely uses him in a way that makes her not likable mm-hmm. but for him to go this far to try and get her to set these things up and to learn French mm-hmm. when they're sitting in the car after that party he's kind of implying that she owes him this affection because he did these things for her. Yeah. And I didn't like it. And he has this idealized version of her in his head where he's like, I defended you and people called you conceited. And it's like, that's not love. Love is knowing that she is conceited because she fucking is and accepting that about her. Yeah. She even says that. He says, have you always been this selfish? And she goes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, you don't have to defend her when people call her conceited. You have to go, yeah, she fucking is, and I love her. Yeah. And as much as they grew on me at the end, and we'll talk about it, at this point, I hated them together. Mm. I kind of, I kind of always did too. I, I will say, I don't even necessarily think that it was so much like, you owe me this. It was more like you said you would like to go, like, sailing with me so you lied to me and you were kind of like leading me on um I think it was a little bit the like you owe me this because I went through all this trouble for you but also it was like why would you lie to me about that when clearly you just wanted me to do all of this so you could get Joey you know um so I I didn't like I didn't hate him for it I didn't think it was so much like I am man and you shall give me what I want because I went through all this trouble so now suck my dick but I do think that he was just like, oh my gosh, beautiful girl. And now I'm going to pretend like she is this person, even though she's clearly not this person. Because Bianca didn't have any problems with the person that she was. Like, she admitted, like, yes, I've always been this selfish. I like being popular. I like people liking me. And I love that she didn't give a shit what you thought. You know, like, she was going to be that person because she was happy being that person. Well, and I love that even at the end, she didn't change that. She didn't decide, oh, well, I'm in love or I am grown up and therefore I have to be this other person. Like, Mm. in the end, she learned to stand up for herself. She learned how to see through her, like, fake friends and her fuckboys, but she still loved her Prada backpack. And yeah. she still wore a pink prom dress with tulle on the bottom. And she still punched a guy out and didn't get any blood on her pretty dress. Yeah. So, like, by the end, at that point, she was my favorite. Yeah. Because I think she had such good growth without changing into a different person. Yeah. And that's a thing that I think people kind of assume about women a lot, where it's just like, okay, you're either the cat or the Bianca. You're either, like, the pretty one who wears pretty clothes and likes pretty things and is very delicate, or you're the tough-ass bitch who reads Simone de Beauvoir and listens to Bikini Kill in the Raincoats. And she's like, no, I can stand up for myself, and I can still wear my pretty dress, and I can be, like, whatever the fuck I want to be. Like, you don't have to change who you are in order to gain self-respect. Right, yeah. And I really, really love that they did that. And that was what I was not expecting. I was expecting her to just be this 
like princess who was just like, but no, you must do everything for me all of the time. And I can't do anything. And like that, I I couldn't remember. And so I was expecting that even though as a kid, I loved her and I wanted to be her so badly um, that as an adult, I was going to watch it and go, oh, you're so annoying. I'm over it. But in it like there were parts of it. Where I was just like, oh, my gosh, you're I, like, I don't like you right now. But then by the end of it, I was just like, yes, you're amazing. And I love you. And this is the kind of person I think teenage girls should have to look up to certain teenage girls. This is also very much like a white rich family white rich school not even just necessarily white but like the focus of it we're a bunch of white people but also they're a bunch of like upper class people who don't really know struggle necessarily (laughs) from at least from what we see um but yeah oh yeah I mean the big like drama of it all for Michael is that Mm -hmm. his old friends caught him buying his shirts (laughs) at an outlet mall instead of so it's a very, very rich place. Their gym class shoots arrows. <laughs> yeah, and then the the even richer of the rich are up, like up somewhere hitting golf balls onto the field. So yeah, very rich. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very pleased with Bianca, and I like I was so glad that it didn't ruin my childhood memory of her. <laughs> now I will say there is one character flaw, not a character flaw, a movie flaw. Mm-hmm. with the idea that Bianca isn't allowed to date until Kat does. Okay. Um, unless Daddy Zeris thought she was a, let's have a lesbian love affair with Chastity, why wasn't she allowed to go to Bogie Lowenstein's party? Hmm. Because that was not a date. She did not have a date. It was a gathering. It was a party. But she did not have a date. So technically, she should have been allowed to go under the rule. That's true. Well, he would have found any excuse to not let her do anything, basically. That's another thing with, I feel like, parents with two kids who are so different from one another, where you have one who just, like, hates everyone and doesn't want to be around anyone, and then one who is very social and, like, everybody loves her and she's bubbly and whatnot. Like, they're constantly overly protective of that one, even though they'll let the other one do whatever the hell she wants. And it's not about age, I don't think, because clearly Kat was able to go out and do whatever the fuck she wanted because she went out with Joey and she went to parties and she did this and that, you know, and that was a while ago. So we don't know exactly how long ago, but actually we do because isn't she a senior? Oh, okay. She's not a senior. Okay. Yeah. So if it was the year before, that means she was basically the same age that Bianca is now, right? Yes. Yeah. So dad was not overly protective of Kat, but is overly protective of Bianca because of who they are. So I was like, no, literally, I don't want you to leave the house. I want you to go to school and I want you to come home. And that's all I want you to do. Well, it's not fair. I'm just saying I think that's what it was. I don't I think the rule was just his hope of like at least I can keep you away from boys or from dating boys even if I can't keep you away from parties because that clearly didn't work. <laughs> no. Mm. And we're going to have to talk about Joey. We are. I think I was one of the very few people in the 90s who did not have a crush on Andrew Keegan. And so this 
the Joey character was hilarious to me even then, where he was supposed to be the hot model guy who, like, loved himself so much. And I, even as a kid, was just like, I'm not buying it. You're not hot. Like, I'm not into it. <laughs> um, and so it was just funny all well, of the time. But he was also such an asshole. I love that he's kind of stupid, but he's also smart enough to be a major player in all the drama that's happening. Yeah. And one of the best visual gags the movie had were the swimwear versus the underwear catalog pose scene. (laughs) Yes. Because when I was younger, I thought it was funny because they're exactly the same. Mm. But now I'm in my 30s and I've watched all of the classic America's Next Top Model. (laughs) And... Tyra Banks has these rules about how to sell to men versus selling to women. And in one, you're supposed to frown, and in one, you're supposed to sort of smile. So so when selling to men, you're supposed to be sexier, and when selling to women, you're supposed to be bubblier. Mm. Joey's swimwear versus underwear followed the Tyra Banks pose (laughs) rules. He had a little tiny smile with bathing suit and a little tiny frown with underwear. Oh, And it's glorious. I would never have noticed that because I didn't watch all those shows. Um, it it was just, um, I think my favorite thing about that was that she, Bianca is clearly uninterested. So he turns around, he's like, okay, I'll show you guys. Cause he's like, I don't give a shit if you're not interested or if you don't get it, somebody is going to be into this. <laughs> well, and what I love about him as a character is even after knowing that she wasn't interested in it. Even after Mm. she ditched him for that after party, Mm. he still thought she was going to prom with him. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Because he's that cocky. He thinks that he asks and she'll just immediately be excited about it. Yeah. And my favorite moment for him as a character is when he went to her house to pick her up for prom without ever having officially asked her or having uh-huh. her officially said yes he just showed up like oh I'm just here to pick her up for prom <laughs> yeah it says everything about him and it says even more about Bianca's friend Chastity who was oh, either gosh. his backup date or uh-huh. just accepted him showing up at her door after the prom had already started yeah because I... she was such a social climber she was so horrible But at the same time, I had a moment with that where I was just because like when Bianca sees them or sees her at prom and she like tells him, tells her like, oh, whatever you. Oh, no, it's even before that, when um, they go to the after party together, Chastity goes with um, Joey and she's just like, wow, bitch. And I had a moment with that, with their friendship where I was just like, yeah, but Bianca probably would have done the same thing to Chastity because that was their entire friendship. Even, I'm going to go back to the thing you mentioned earlier, the Prada backpack versus Skechers, I think is what it was, because that's how long ago this movie is. Skechers were cool. Um, but yeah, when she's explaining the like Skechers and Prada bag like versus love thing, and Chastity goes, but I love my Skechers, and she's like, yeah, that's because you don't have a Prada backpack, I'm like, that's your friendship, right there, you are making her feel like shit, without, like, really in her face making her feel like shit, because she doesn't have as much as you do. Oh, she has some, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her sloppy seconds, no, actually, they never actually, I don't think they even, even, even kissed or anything, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, but, 
I think they did a really good job with that. And I also loved, okay, well, I don't remember her name now. Damn, I should have probably written it down. Who's the actress that plays Chastity? Oh, God, Gabrielle Union, I think. Thank you, yes. I loved her. She's the one in Bring It On, right? Yeah, she was in a lot of really good things around that time. Yeah, and I I just, I loved her. I always thought she was so freaking gorgeous, too. And she, like, I feel like a lot of the roles she played were semi-similar. Not exactly the same, but similar. Um, And she played bitch so well in this movie. It was so, so believable. And I really liked that. I hated Chastity, but I loved the way she played it. Not to get into all of this, but I, I feel like around that time... She played a lot of similar roles because those were the roles that were written for her. Yeah. There weren't a lot of, oh, like, she was never going to get to be the torrent. She was going to get to be, like, the other one. Yeah. Which, and this is not a, we've been talking about everything else, but this is not a review of that movie. However, I liked her character better in that, too. Well, well maybe too. we'll talk talk about that someday and yeah, well, we can figure it out <laughs> yes the fact to 10 things i hate about you which again is the movie we're reviewing here i think still. i liked chastity i feel like she was necessary and also joey was as dumb as they were and as jerks as they were it was necessary to have them here yeah my least favorite character is mandela i don't think she needed to be here Oh, I loved Mandela, and I'll explain why, but go ahead, you were, I don't think you're done yet. (laughs) No, I think we're supposed to find her kind of quirky and charming, but her whole obsession with Shakespeare is delusional and not in a fun way, Mm -hmm. and, like, she doesn't do anything insanely offensive, she's Mm -hmm. not chastity, but I don't feel like, I don't think Kat needed her, I don't think she brought anything to her scenes with Kat, Mm -hmm. I think basically at this point she was there to have a vehicle for Michael to get laid yeah it's just like it's the friends theory of if you have three guys you have three girls and they all end up together yeah I agree I don't think she was necessary I don't think she had enough of a role in the movie for it to for me to like her or dislike her really um, because we don't really get to know her um but for some reason I thought it was really cute the whole thing between Michael and her I thought like I guess maybe that was more about him than it was about her. But I really like that he, like, left her the note. And, like, I don't, I have a hard time believing he already had Shakespeare shit memorized because he was such a fan. It was more like, I know you like Shakespeare, so I'm going to memorize this shit to try to, like, make you like me, you know? Um, So, I don't know. I thought it was really cute the way that he went for her, I guess. So it wasn't really necessarily about her, except that I loved her outfit when she finds the dress in her locker. That's one side note. (laughs) I don't think it was really necessary for them to have a third couple. And I don't think they set the two of them up enough for me to care that it happens. Mm -hmm. But I will say from his point of view, he knew who he was asking. He knew that he liked her, I suppose. Because he had hmm. to have, if he right. asked her. Yeah. She had no idea who she was going with. She was just going with any guy who happened to be dressed like William Shakespeare that night. <laughs> and I didn't buy that they had any chemistry because they didn't really show them talking to each other except yeah. that one 
four second time of like my friend likes your friend cut yeah and then yeah. suddenly they're an item I I think my thing about it was that I really liked Michael a lot and I thought he was such a good like not even he's not a side character but like he's kind of a side story line um and I'm happy that he got somebody I guess and uh I thought it was cute the way that he did everything he did for her um because that's who he is and I 100% believe it that whoever he does like he would go to like great lengths to get them basically um and it was I, I don't know but it was cute and I I was happy that he got to have somebody even if it wasn't necessarily believable or anything important in the end <laughs> I think they could have set it up in a minute and a half extra time they wouldn't have needed that much extra to do it if they would have just had her thing in the movie of saying at any point that she was even slightly interested in him yeah I was surprised they even knew each other honestly enough especially for him him to know that she has an obsession with William Shakespeare like that was weird well, he went up to her locker to talk about Cat once. Yeah. But really, <laughs> all they would have needed to do in that scene where Cat is saying how much she hates prom and doesn't want to go, and mm. Mandela says, it's not like I have a dress anyway, all she would have had to do, instead of saying dress, say, it's not like he asked me anyway, and have like, who? It's like, no, no one, we're not going to prom, and then cut. And then it would have yeah. set up that she actually liked someone. And then when she smiled at him, when she realized it was him, it would have felt like, oh, but no, they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I didn't think that much into it just because I thought it was a cute little thing that happened on the side and it, it like didn't mean much either way. But I was like I said, I was happy that he got to have somebody, too, because he went through so much to try to get his boy laid. <laughs> and so it was like, OK, good. You can get laid, too. <laughs> He deserves that, damn it. Now, um, yeah. I want to talk about one more thing before we talk about Patrick and Kat, because I think we haven't talked about them at all yet. No, <laughs> I was going to bring that up, so good timing. Go ahead. The scene of Cameron poorly speaking French and Bianca getting annoyed mm -hmm. he wasn't asking her out was very cute. Mm -hmm. But I think it didn't do a lot for her character because he'd already made his intention clear and asked her out and she blew him off. So right. the ball was in her court to ask, and it would have said something about her growth or about them together, and they should have just let her ask him, but they didn't, and I would have liked that. Yeah, I think it would have made her more of a, like, I'm a badass while also being a princess, because, like, I'm not waiting for him to ask me out. Welcome to Novi Rewrites, all of the movies of our childhood. <laughs> Let's talk about Kat and Patrick. Let's. I'm going to go ahead and start here before you probably rip them apart. Um, I liked both of the relationships in the end, both of the main couples. Um, I thought they worked well together. Uh, and I like it was believable that they were into each other. I'm gonna, I just wanted to say that because I don't know what you're going to say about Kat and Patrick. Well, <laughs> um, I love their banter. Like, I always tend to fall for the couple that banters over the, like, sweet, gentle couple. And the way that they had that flow really went right. Yeah. Uh, especially when they're, after their, like, paint bite date thing, 
when they're at her house and they're talking and they're like asking each other questions of like, is this true? Is this true? Because of all the rumors they've heard about each other. And that was really cool how like easy that was for them. But yeah, they, I actually think they did a really good job of like building his feelings for her. They did. It wasn't suddenly like, okay, I've spoken to her once and now I'm in love with her. He was clearly up for the challenge no matter what. Um, I mean, obviously he was doing it for the money, so that helped. But like he would, I think he was intrigued by her and would have kept doing it even if there wasn't more money coming in because he had already like started, you know? Um, I also, by the way, think that Joey was a moron because he kept saying, okay, fine, here's more money, here's more money, like up front without getting shit. Like, yeah. he could have just kept taking your money and said, I'm trying, I'm doing my best, I need more money, and not done shit. But he didn't, he, like, he was that much of an idiot. Well, what are you going to do, sue him? Yeah, yeah, maybe he would have, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, they did a great job with that, building it from Patrick watching Kat back into Joey's car, And Patrick watching Kat dance with her friend and just seeing that side of her and liking it. Yeah. And it was very gentle and sweet. And I liked that part of them. And Um, I'm going to add one more thing before you continue about which part you didn't like of them, because I feel like that's what's coming. (laughs) Just um, when, first of all, I love, I I think this is the one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever, when she gets up on the table at the party and dances to hypnotize. It's iconic to me. I will never listen to that song and not think of that scene. (laughs) It's so good. She does such a good job with it. But I love the way that he is with her in that scene. He takes such good care of her. He doesn't have any judgments. Like, there is no moment of like, wow, I can't believe you just did that. You're just going to slutty dance all over the place and be wasted. And I really, really love getting to see who Patrick really is through scenes like that. And that was a really big one for me. And I love that he didn't take advantage of her in the car. That's true. I hated her reaction to that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so easy to be in the moment pissed but the Mm. character we're told that she is especially after knowing that joey took advantage of her Mm. would probably have understood in that moment afterwards where it was just like oh i didn't actually want him to do that okay yeah i and i that didn't happen and that made me like it was another one of those like what the hell cat how is this you moments teenagers But I think I think that Bianca and Cameron would probably continue to date through senior year, and I have no idea what would happen for them in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kat and Patrick would be able to make it to college, much less through college. Right. Because, I mean, they did get together in the end, and it was very sweet and emotional. Mm-hmm. But the entirety of the movie is them getting to know each other while he's emotionally manipulating her, gaslighting her, and overall mixing honesty with lies so well that she won't ever have a clue whether their relationship was real, what he told her was real. Mm-hmm. 
because he told her he didn't smoke, but he did smoke. He told yeah. her that he lived with his grandfather, but did he live with his grandfather? Well, he still smokes. Maybe he didn't mm-hmm. live with his grandfather. Hmm. There's no way after all of that, she could trust him because it would always be that thing in the back of her head, that doubt where it's just like, yeah, but you lied to me. Right. And I don't remember what of me getting to know you was you and what of me getting to know you was the person that you made yourself that you thought I liked. Like you said, you liked the feminine mystique, but you don't. You said you liked bikini kill and the raincoats, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Basically everything was, I'm pretending to be this person so that you'll like me. And the only reason I know these things is because a bunch of people have been investigating to give me information so that I can make you like me. And also, I love that he didn't kiss her in the car when she was drunk, but he completely ruins it by kissing her later on at prom when he knows she doesn't want him to. Do not grab someone and kiss them when they don't want you to. Yeah, that was such a weird scene. I don't know why they did that. I don't know what the point of that was. That was also very out of character, I think, for Patrick, because clearly he is not that guy to just grab you and kiss you when he's not sure if you're actually wanting him to you know what I mean like he didn't do it at the part or after the party because he was like well you're drunk and wasted and like I'm not gonna take advantage of you because I don't know how much you're actually capable of like you know making decisions on right now but then it's just like you're pissed at me you don't want to be near me I'm gonna just grab and kiss you that didn't make any sense for him and it was frustrating and it was weird and gross and In the long run, I think that with Cameron and Bianca, if one of them did something that hurt the other one's feelings, they're Mm -hmm. both capable of just being like, I'm sorry, that was a dick move. Please forgive me. Yeah. Whereas Kat and Patrick do not have that. They have the thing where they have to do a grand gesture. They have to read a poem in front of class. They have to buy you a guitar. They have to pay the band to do a big performance. (laughs) But you can't do that every time you have a fight with your significant other. And furthermore, there's a time when you do something where that's just not going to work. It's like proposing to someone in public when you're afraid they're going to say no. Then they feel like they have to say yes. But did they ever want to say yes? You're never going to know. Right. I feel like that's them as a couple. Someday they're going to have a big fight and it's not going to be enough to buy her something. Right. I think and he like they don't have any idea how to connect on that level. I agree and I am even going to take it a step further. She was going to go to school on the East Coast, she said. I don't remember the college. They're not even going to make it to that. They're not going to do no. a long distance thing. Like they were going to end it because she was going to be pissed that he didn't want to try the long distance thing or something like that. Like they were just going to be like get, they would give up basically. Which I'm not even judging them on long distance relationships are probably really, really fucking hard and not for everybody and not for most people, actually. Um, So especially especially kids in college, (laughs) especially for how little time they had spent dating. Yeah. Well, and I think that like he wasn't going to change himself to be this person that she had started to like when he was pretending to be somebody else, he wasn't actually going to be that person. He was still going to smoke and he was still going to be Patrick. And I don't think when he was able to be honest about who he was, she would actually like him. And it's possible, but it's also like the kind of thing where they would never be able to get fully past it 
because uh-huh. maybe she would put up with him smoking, maybe not. Maybe one day, two years down the line, they'd be hanging out and she'd put on a Bikini Kill CD and he'd just be like, yeah, I don't know what this is. And it would all come back where it's just like, you were still fucking lying to me. I remember how you were fucking lying to me. Yeah. Like, these little things would keep bringing that past back. And Mm. I don't think there's a way for people to get past that when it starts with lies. Yeah, I agree. I also think that Cameron and Bianca might have made it through senior year. However, I also think that she still wants to be popular and she still wants to be liked by everyone. And I don't think that's his thing. And eventually, especially because of who Cameron's friend is, that was going to get really weird either between Cameron and Michael because Michael was still the nerdy guy um, that nobody liked or between Cameron and Bianca because Cameron wasn't going to stop being friends with Michael. And that's the thing I would hope for. Um, And Bianca was still going to want to be popular, but then her boyfriend can't be this guy who's seen with the nerdy guy. You know what I mean? I don't like, cause she didn't change. Like we talked about it. She didn't fully change. She didn't become a different person. So she was still that person who was stuck up and wanted to be popular and, you know, was selfish and all of that. Um, So I don't even know if they would have made it that far. Well, and you never know. They would mm-hmm. have a better chance, I think, because if they had made it through high school, then they had would have been together for over a year. Mm-hmm. And that's a better basis for a college, even a long-distance relationship, or deciding yeah. to go to the same one or something, than yeah. I knew you for three months, and most of that time you were lying to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I was just saying I don't think they'd even make it through senior year, Bianca and Cameron. Because I think senior year popular popularity and issues like that would split them apart before they well, even got to graduation. But they might that's, have. That's why movies like this end. We got to end it on a high <laughs> note for everyone. Yes. Yeah. And I love, uh, you, are, you had already mentioned it, but I love that when Bianca is kicking Joey's ass, it's just like for herself, for her date, and for her sister. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. and to prioritize all of those things was a very different Bianca than we had seen. Yeah. Yep. Do I even have to ask you who your favorite character is? Um, well, it's Bianca. I don't know if I made that clear. I might've. I, I wasn't sure if you were saying that she was your favorite character in general or that like she became one of your favorite characters because of like what she did towards the end or whatever okay who did you think my favorite character was I need to know Michael oh I no I love him but he wasn't my yeah. favorite he did have my favorite quote oh tell me and then I'll talk about my favorites when he is talking to Cameron and Cameron first sees Bianca he Cameron says I burn I pine I perish and Michael just goes of course you do <laughs> yeah I think his like he was the funniest character he had the best timing. He had the best physical comedy. He had, I think, like, he was the best, like, best friend character. Yeah, he in- was goofy, but also dry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you managed to be both of those things, but he did. <laughs> I had a hard time choosing a favorite character because it was one of those, like, is is this really my favorite character or no because I chose Cameron and it was one of those I still have a crush on JGL so do I really 
is it really the character or is it just like my teenage heart? Um, but Cameron, I only I had a crush on JGL one time. Oh, what? Which time? His drop the mic against I think Seth Rogen. Have I not seen this? Is uh, it possible? YouTube it, everyone? I will. Yeah, and I will too. I might yeah, have, and I just like, I don't oh, okay. In a Wu Tang clan <laughs> Oh my. Okay, I definitely will. <laughs> He's so multi talented, that boy. Um, okay, and my favorite quote. Um, it's a long one, but it is William, their dad. Um. I think it's when he's on the exercise bike. He says, I'm down. I've got the 411, and you are not going out and getting jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. My mama didn't raise no fool. That was my favorite thing in the entire movie. I'm so glad you picked that because I <laughs> I hoped, if not me, someone would pick it. <laughs> he was, I just, I, I loved him. I wished he was that my dad was like that and would say really really embarrassing shit like that actually my dad probably has said really embarrassing shit like that um but it was so good especially that my mama didn't raise no fool um I'm sure I've used that in my life and I'm sure I'm going to well I think everyone's dad has a version of that my uncle's like a dad to me and he used to quote saved by the bell because I loved it so much <laughs> and uh, you gotta imagine a 50-year-old man quoting A.C. Slater. So. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've discussed everything. I don't have anything left to say except for our final ratings. What did you give it? 85. Ooh. I know, right? Now, I loved most of the characters, the movie was funny, and it kind of felt somewhat authentically high school, albeit a very rich, very, very rich high school, where <laughs> yeah. you go with models and, I don't know. <laughs> but sometimes some characters' quirkiness is felt a little bit forced, and even thinking a little bit about any of the romances in the movie makes them crumble. So, true. Well, see, I gave it my rating before you tore all of my favorite things apart. No, you didn't. But <laughs> I gave it 100% because I literally Aww. sat there going, what did I hate about this movie? And I couldn't think of a single thing. It. I also, like I said, went into this expecting to be to go from loving it so much to, oh my gosh, this movie is just annoying now. And it didn't happen. There was so much good in it. Like, I loved pretty much every character even the character I didn't like which is Chastity I didn't think that she shouldn't have been in the movie um the I mean the dancing scene like I talked about where Kat is dancing on the table was great when um Patrick is doing that um was it you're just too good to be true I think I don't know what the song is actually called yeah that one when he's performing that like everything everything was just so funny um granted I'll go back to it please don't check out your students or anyone underage um but other than that um I didn't have anything that I didn't like about it and I'm already looking forward to watching it again at some point well yeah and I'll say this it's not like I hated it 85 is a great rating from me That's high rating. Mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's not a perfect movie and 
honestly, it could have gone way worse because a lot of times when you're like, okay, great actor that I loved, great actress that I loved, music that I loved, it's going to end up being a thanks I hate it. This is not a thanks I hate it. So, well, I'm glad that you didn't hate it because if you gave it anything less than 85, I would have considered ending our friendship. Then we would have had a podcast. No, see, don't do that. I'm glad right. you gave it a high rating. <laughs> All right, what are we re- uh, reviewing next time? Next time we are doing Mystery Men from 1999, starring Ben Stiller and William H. Macy. I love him. <laughs> He's terrifying. <laughs> He's always different, but we'll talk more about him in the next episode. And in the meantime, you guys can check us out on social media. We are on Instagram, Millennials at the Movies, Twitter, Millennials ATM, and my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A M I underscore movies. And mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.